starting that next January, we made it through that Christmas, cash flowed our Christmas, gave the worst gifts ever, the cheapest gifts ever. I think we even probably skipped giving gifts to each other. But after that, we set up sinking funds and we said, okay, Christmas costs us about $600. What if we set aside $50 a month into a cash envelope? And we used to do it as a cash envelope. We pulled $50 out in cash and we set it aside in an envelope. That way by December, we have $600 and we no longer will have this feeling of overwhelm. And sure, if we end up spending $800 on Christmas or $700 on Christmas, at least we have a majority of it ready to go and saved. And that's what we started doing. Let me tell you that next Christmas was completely different. And that's what I want for you. I want you to walk into the holiday season, no matter what holiday you celebrate. And I want you to be able to fully enjoy it and not have the worry and stress about your money hanging over and looming. Hey, this is Allison and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. Today, I'm going to be showcasing exactly how our family saves for Christmas. And if you haven't started saving for Christmas yet, it's okay. I'm gonna break down how you can do that and then how to set yourself up in the future so that Christmas is not a stressful time of year for you. If you've ever skipped writing a budget for Christmas, then you know how stressful, overwhelming, and frustrating it can be to get to December and you're realizing, oh my goodness, I don't have enough money to cover all of these gifts, all of these parties, just all of the decorations, everything. In fact, most Americans spend over $1,000 every year on gifts, decorations, and holiday travel. I know I do. And I also know that it can be really hard for families that don't have that extra $1,000 cash flow every single month, which means that they are likely going into debt, putting it on credit cards, or even just cutting back. And that can lead to a lot of stress, overwhelm, and frustration, not just for the month of December, but for many months to follow. I'll never forget whenever my husband and I were first working on our money and we had to face Christmas together. We had to buy gifts. We had a newborn child or maybe I was pregnant. I don't really remember, but I do remember the feeling I had when I realized that we were going to be spending about $600 on Christmas between all of our gifts, all of our decorations. We didn't have a ton of people to buy for. We were going to be spending about $600 and we didn't have $600. And I remember it being right after Thanksgiving and thinking, how did I not see this coming? Why did I not set myself up for this? And I remember feeling very stressed, very overwhelmed that particular Christmas and telling myself, I'm never going to let this happen again. I am never going to forget that this happens because the feeling I had took away what I wanted to feel during that holiday season. What I wanted to feel was peace of mind and happiness and joy. It was harder for me to have those feelings when I had this debt, this not even this debt, but just this expense that I hadn't planned for hanging over my head. So what we did was starting that next January, we made it through that Christmas cash flowed our Christmas, gave the worst gifts ever, the cheapest gifts ever. I think we even probably skipped giving gifts to each other. But after that, we set up sinking funds and we said, okay, Christmas costs us about $600. What if we set aside $50 a month into a cash envelope? And we used to do it as a cash envelope. We pulled $50 out in cash 
and we set it aside in an envelope. That way by December, we have $600 and we no longer will have this feeling of overwhelm. And sure, if we end up spending $800 on Christmas or $700 on Christmas, at least we have a majority of it ready to go and saved. And that's what we started doing. Let me tell you that next Christmas was completely different. And that's what I want for you. I want you to walk into the holiday season, no matter what holiday you celebrate. And I want you to be able to fully enjoy it and not have the worry and stress about your money hanging over and looming. So How do you actually figure out how much money to save, right? That's the next question. Because what I spend and save for Christmas might be completely different than what you are going to need to spend and save for Christmas. For instance, I have two children. I don't have a lot of nieces and nephews. I only have one nephew, zero nieces. We don't have a large family. So my amount that I need to buy for, the gifts I need to buy for, it's not extreme. It's not a lot. However, you might have a very large family, so you might be spending more money for Christmas. So let's go ahead and jump into, I really want to break down five things that you need to do to help you set a budget for Christmas that works so that you know how much you need to be saving in advance. So let's dive into it. The first thing I want you to do is I would just want you to be like Santa and I'm I want you to make a list. I want you to literally list out all the people that you're going to need to send gifts to. Think of every immediate family member and even extended family members. So what I like to do is I like to sit down and I name everyone in our family, Allison, Matt, Evan, James. And then I start slowly moving my way out. I think about my parents, my husband's parents, siblings, grandparents, and even teachers. So that's the way I kind of create my list. And here's a quick tip. Open up your phone and go to the contacts in your phone. Scroll through every person and write down anyone that you think you want or will need to buy a gift for. And have, if you have a partner or a spouse, have them do the same thing. Once you have that gift just list done, you're ready to move on to step number two. And that is to assign each gift an amount. Now, I know this sounds terrible, right? We're assigning a Christmas value to each person, but it's not. It's just what you need to do. This is what responsibility looks like. No one needs to see it. No one needs to know what you're budgeting for, but it's very easy, I think, in the holiday season to get caught up in giving, giving, giving to the point where we give to our own detriment, meaning we give so much that we are going into debt to provide that gift. And that's what we don't need to be doing. We don't need to be giving so much that we are putting ourselves in a negative financial position. So that is why I look and I assign each gift or each person an amount. For me, it looks like knowing that I'm going to be spending more money on the people that are closer to me. So the closer they are in my family and in my connections or my bubble, I guess you could say, the more I usually spend on those people. So as I start moving out from away from our immediate family, the amount gets smaller. In the past, I would spend about $200 on each child, and that would include their gift, anything that goes in their stockings, in case you have people listening that should be listening, and it goes on from there. That would be $200 for each child. And then for my husband and I, we might also 
receive a $200 gift. And that also includes stockings. But then as we move out, family members aren't going to receive that $200 gift amount. So I'm not giving $200 to my parents. I might give them each $50 gifts for all the grandparents, right? My parents and my husband's parents. So write a reasonable amount next to each person's name or gift. You don't have to purchase an expensive gift for everyone, right? Your spending needs to be realistic. And there were times when we would spend $10 on our parents for Christmas because that's all we could afford. And now we're in a position where we can give them more. And I'm so thankful we are, but our parents didn't get angry with us. They weren't annoyed with us or mad with us when we gave what we could afford at the time. So that's the step two is come up with an amount. That way, you know, all over, like how much you're going to be spending on gifts. And that's where most people stop. They figure out gifts and they forget the rest. So step three is to account for holiday decorations and activities. I think this is one of the easiest things to forget about in your Christmas budget. Most people, when we're thinking about holidays, we only think about the actual physical gifts we are giving. And instead, we forget about things like if you send Christmas cards, that costs money. Stamps cost money. Christmas cards cost money. I know most people don't do that. I still do. I enjoy receiving them and I enjoy giving them. Pictures with Santa cost money. Although I have been known to find the free pictures with Santa, they're just as good. Christmas decorations. If you want to buy Christmas decorations, I like to personally budget and allow myself about $50 of new Christmas decorations every year just to slowly, I don't know, make my house more festive. A lot of times I'll buy something at the end of the year after the holiday season is over for the next year. And while these certain items aren't nearly as expensive as the gifts themselves, they're usually overlooked and it can cause your Christmas budget to really add up and cause that stress for you. So I don't want you to only think about the money you're going to be spending on gifts, but also the money that you're going to be spending on holiday decorations and activities as well. Today's episode is brought to you by my free budget class. This budget class is all about how to write a budget for your best life without giving up your weekly latte runs. In this class, I'm gonna be covering the three massive mistakes that everybody makes with their budget and why they are costing you money. And I'm sharing with you these mistakes so that way you can stop making them. I'll also be sharing with you the secret to finding more money in your budget each month so that way you can do whatever you want with it. And I'll be sharing my four-step framework to budget for your best life without giving up what you love. This class is hands down incredible and it has so much value. You can sign up for it at inspirebudget.com slash free class or just click the link in my show notes. I'll see you there. So just to recap, your first step is to make a list of all the people you're going to give a gift to. The second step is to assign each gift an amount. The third step is to include amounts for holiday decorations and activities. Even if it's just $50, you'll be so thankful you included that in your amount. And the fourth step is to calculate your total cost. Now that you have a very specific spending limit for each person, your holiday activities, your decorations, total it all up. And then I want you to add $100 to it. That's right. 
at $100. Because the truth is that you are likely going to be faced with an unexpected expense or purchase at Christmas time. You might forget to include someone on your gift list, or you might have an unexpected Christmas party that you have to bring a gift to or a dish to, or you might just go over budget. By building in that $100, it creates a buffer for these situations that are likely to happen. And if it doesn't happen, great. You have an extra $100 left over after the Christmas season for whatever you want, even if it's to save for the following Christmas. So once you have that new total, you now know this is exactly how much I think I'm going to spend on Christmas. Is it reasonable? Look at that number. Ask yourself, can I afford this? Is this reasonable? If it's not, go back and edit it down. Maybe you shave $5 off of each person's gift. Maybe you cut out something. The goal is to have a Christmas budget that is realistic for you. And it's okay if you have a smaller Christmas one year and a bigger Christmas the next year because you saved in advance. Once you know your total amount, then it's time to figure out how much do you need to save every single month to reach that goal. Here's the truth. We could all live in a perfect world and say, okay, and in November and December, my goal is to save $1,000. I'll save 500 in November and 500 in December. The problem is we don't always follow through on what we say we are going to do. And that can put you in a really bad position when it comes to Christmas time and saving that money. So what I personally like to do is I like to just break it out over the whole year. So if I want to save, I'm just going to say $1,200 because it's really easy. If I want to save $1,200 to spend at Christmas and I'm starting in January, I need to save $100 a month. But let's say you're not starting in January. Let's say you're starting in July and you have July, August, September, October, November, December. You have six months. Now you just need to take that $1,200 and divide it by the six months you have left and you know you need to save $200 a month. So whatever month it is now, whatever time you're listening to this, I want you to take your total Christmas goal and I want you to divide it by however many months are left until December and you can include December in that number. And that's how much you should be setting aside every single month for Christmas. Now, my fifth and final step for you, and I kind of touched on it a little bit already, is to determine if you need to cut back on your spending or really if it's realistic. If the total amount that you need for your Christmas budget is shocking and you're sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, this is absolutely not possible for me, then it's time to cut back on your Christmas budget overall. So take a look at that list and ask yourself a couple of questions. These could include, am I overspending on a certain person? Can I make a gift for someone to save money? I have a friend, my friend Amanda, she used to have a beehive in her backyard and chickens. And she gave for Christmas one year, a lot of her family honey from her beehive, local honey, which is so amazing. So is there something that you can make to cut back on the cost for Christmas? Another one is, do I really need to send Christmas cards this year? Can I get away with a free e-card? Can I cut back on five to $10 on every single gift to save money overall? And is there anyone on my list that I'm buying for that I really don't need to buy a gift for, I shouldn't buy for? The goal here is to create a Christmas budget that is absolutely 100% 
realistic so that you don't have to dip into your emergency fund to cover the cost and so that you don't have to go into debt over the holidays. At the end of every solo episode, I love to answer a question that was sent in. This one comes from Haley, and she asks, what should I do with my upcoming bonus? Should I pay off debt or use it to fund my emergency fund or split and do both? Okay, here's the deal. First off, congratulations, you're getting a bonus. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Side note, I know we're talking about Christmas in this episode. I've known people that get a bonus and they use their bonus to fund Christmas. That's totally okay as long as you know for sure your bonus is coming. But Haley wants to know what she needs to do. I personally think that before you really start focusing on your debt-free journey, it's really important to have an emergency fund in place. Now, do you need a ton of money sitting in your savings account? Absolutely not. I would say at minimum one to three months of necessary expenses, meaning your favorite subscription box or Stitch Fix or really even Netflix, wouldn't be considered a necessary expense. An easy way to figure this out is to look at all of your expenses and highlight the ones that you need to have. If you were to lose your job, what do you have to pay for? That includes housing. It includes internet so you can find a new job. It includes all of your minimum debt payments. Figure that out. That would be one month's of necessary expenses. Multiply it by two and multiply it by three. And now you know how much you would need for two months and how much you would need for three months. Taking those bonuses and adding them into your emergency fund can help you reach that goal a lot faster. So for you, Haley, I would say, where do you stand on your emergency fund? I would hate to see you in a place where you lose a job, you have a unexpected root canal and it's costing you a lot of money and you end up having to go into debt to cover those costs. Now, if you do have your emergency fund already saved and ready to go and you just think you want to increase it a little bit, you can always take half of your bonus and put it towards debt or take half of your bonus and put it towards your emergency fund. What our family used to do, we never got bonuses because we were teachers. Now I get a bonus because I'm a business owner and I decide I want a bonus. So I'm giving myself bonuses. But when we were both teachers, we would usually receive a tax refund. That was the only type of bonus we ever got. And really it was just money we always could have had. Regardless, what we liked to do is if we needed to save it, we would. But if we were already at our savings goal, what we would do is we would take a percentage of it, send that to debt, and then have fun with the rest of it. So maybe we took 80% and we took that 80% and we put it towards our debt we were working on. And then we took that 20% left over and we did whatever we wanted to just to have fun. I love that idea because it gives this balance and you realize that, hey, managing my money well doesn't look like this all or nothing. It's not this deprivation only model. You can still have fun, enjoy your life while you're working towards your money goals along the way. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Inspire Budget Podcast. If you enjoyed it and you want to learn more about budgeting and saving for Christmas, I'll link to an article down below in the show notes that you can read. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would actually take a screenshot 
or grab the link and send it to a friend that you think would like it as well. I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place with an interview that I think you're going to love. See you later. Bye.